0: Good day to you. We are reading in the book of Ephesians. We're ready to read chapter five. Now last time we read chapter four, and at the end of chapter four, Paul is uh, telling the Ephesians how to be towards one another and how to not have you know not have strife and anger and all that ruling over them, but instead you know put away all that bitterness and wrath. And here's the the last verse I'm reading in the Amplified Bible. This is the last verse of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. So he's encouraging them to be that way. Now we're going to move on to chapter 5, verse 1. He's going to kind of continue along with that. Therefore, become imitators of God, copy Him and follow His example, as well-beloved children imitate their Father, and walk continuously in love, that is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved you and gave Himself up for us an offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. But sexual immorality... And all moral impurity, indecent, offensive behavior, or greed, must not even be hinted at among you as is proper among saints. For as believers, our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of our faith. In other words, we should always be moral, whether we believe we are in private or in public. We should always be moral in doing the correct moral things according to God's will and God's word. Let there be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse, obscene, or vulgar joking, because such things are not appropriate for believers, but instead speak of your thankfulness to God. For be sure of this, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, for that one is in effect an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. For such a person places a higher value on something other than God." <clears throat> so that, let's let's read that again, verse 5. For be sure of this, no immoral, impure, or greedy person has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Okay, and he's, now I, I left out a little bit of the stuff that the Amplified puts in there, and the reason is I wanted to make it a little shorter because basically if you're immoral and impure and greedy, or if you're immoral, or impure, or greedy, you're putting something else in front of God. So it essentially makes you an idolater, which is what this verse was, what this was saying. Alright, I'm going to move on with verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin. For because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, those who habitually sin. And here we're talking about, you know, people who, you know, empty arguments, they, they justify their actions, even though they know their actions are wrong. Um, they, they try to justify it in human ways, or they try to make up some reason or excuse to, that, you know, and, and it's wrong. And these arguments are empty, they fall short of, of being valid, uh, you know, according to the word of God. So, do not participate or even associate with them in the rebelliousness of sin. For once you were in darkness, but now you are light. No. Let me change that. That's I read that wrong. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to the light. So, for once we were darkness, we should not be associating with these, with these bad practices, these rebellious practices, these sinful things. We, we can't justify these things. Now it's not the same, and let me just make a distinction here, it's not the same as you're doing something, and it's something you've always done, and you're learning and growing as a Christian, and you didn't know that what you're doing was wrong, and then suddenly you find out that it was wrong, and you're like, oh, you know, and I, I repent of that, and I want to change that, and you start working on changing that, that's not what we're talking about. That's a normal part of the growing process. This, what we're talking about, is people who justify continuing to do the same sinful, awful things. Maybe cheating on your wife. Maybe, maybe boozing it up. Maybe um, any number of things that are harmful for you. And all these things are harmful for you spiritually and physically. And it's it, that's that's why it's sinful. It's it's really harmful for you. It's not good for you. And it's not good for others. and can cause you to, to hurt others depending on what we're talking about. You know, the abuse of any drug can lead to really bad behavior and you could actually hurt others. So that is something to think about and something to realize. But for once you were darkness, we were darkness, we were in the dark. But now we have been baptized into Christ. We are a part of the family of God, and we are light. We are children of light, the light that matters. Okay, so let me reread 8, because it's going to continue on. This is one of those sentences that goes on a little ways. Verse 8, For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, live as those who are native born to the light, For the fruit, the effect, the result of the light, consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to Him. Your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. In other words, we are thankful and grateful to God. We follow Him. We follow Jesus as our example and we Live a lifestyle according to our belief. We can't claim to believe, you know, in Jesus and God and still act reprehensibly every day but Sunday, you know, that type of thing. We just can't do that. So, do not participate in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness, but instead expose them by exemplifying personal integrity moral courage and godly character. For it is disgraceful even to mention the things that such people practice in secret. I don't even think we want to talk about those things. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts. For it is light that makes everything visible. And in this case, you know, we're talking about the light of God. and how it exposes all of that. So, for this reason, he says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine as dawn upon you and give you light. Therefore see that you walk carefully, living with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people making the very most of your time on earth recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and use it using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil and because there's all kinds of opportunities for evil all the time every day and and uh, talks about shunning those who tolerate and enable evil and, and we should not you know we should not have a lot to do with those people certainly if we can bring them to the lord That's wonderful and we should always give them that opportunity, but we don't want to, you know, uh, make people, you know, we don't want to make, how do you say this, we don't want to associate too much with people who are unbelievers and who are not. Um, living the correct lifestyle because that's going to affect us it's going to rub off on us over time if we're not careful it just it just adds too many temptations and it makes things very difficult for us uh, it's not that you can't have friends in the workplace that maybe aren't christian maybe over time you will have a good impact on them but you know you want to be careful that you're not um, indulging in any wrongful practices with those people all right Verse 17, Therefore do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, stupidity. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let's see, let me say that again. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Offering praise by singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, this verse, uh, verse uh, 19, has been kind of taken out of context by some people. But, but what Paul is talking about here is, there was just as there is nowadays, there was a practice of getting together and having parties, and drinking too much, and getting drunk, and singing these whatever songs. It's very similar to what people do nowadays. You go to a concert, or you just get together, and you drink too much, and you listen to uh, current music that you like with your friends, you know, that kind of thing. And he's just saying, you you know, we should not be like that. Instead, we should be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So you know in that in that way we are offering praise again through our gratefulness to god and singing and making melody with our heart to the lord that is perfectly correct and normal that is talking about how we should be in our hearts and how we should act appropriately and not um and not be doing you know what what the people in the world do because they are you know, they're getting drunk and doing all that, and he's saying no. Instead, we should be guided by the Holy Spirit, and we should be doing differently than that. We should be, you know, doing like this. So, um, and always giving thanks to God the Father for all things, and being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, that is, you know, that is how we should be in our hearts. That is how we should be doing. Um, I know a lot of times I have kind of a, song on my mind, you know, or something that is uplifting and and, um, and oriented towards the Bible and God's Word and God Himself. So, a lot of times I have something like that on my mind, and I think that's a good thing. Um, I, maybe I don't do that as often as I should, but uh, nonetheless. So... Alright, so moving on, Paul is now He's now going to touch on wives and husbands. Now remember, all this is about our hearts and how we are to be with one another and interact with one another. Um, That's what he's talking about. So wives, be subject to your own husbands as a service to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. Himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives should be subject to their husbands in everything, respecting both their position as protector and their responsibility as to God as head of the house. On the other hand, husbands, love your wives, seek the highest good for her and surround her with a caring, unselfish love, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify the church, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word of God, so that in turn he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be wholly set apart for God and blameless. Even so, husbands should and are morally obligated to love their own wives as being, in a sense, their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. See, it's important to note that there's there's really just a little bit of here about wives be subject to your husbands and, you know, and kind of respect him as the head of the family and such. And then Paul goes on overly long, and I say that jokingly in jest, <laughs> about how we should care for our wives how husbands should care for their wives and the reason is because we are in that place of authority in that headship we need to realize what that responsibility is it's not just authority you don't just get the authority to say so you have the responsibility you have the responsibility it lies with you you are the one you need to take care of your wife you need to make sure that she's okay and that you're giving her everything you can give her and the same for your children before you even think of yourself you need to make sure you're taking care of your wife and your children and then you can take care of yourself if you need to I mean I'm sorry that may sound mean and in today's world, I know that doesn't sound cool, but that's the truth of it. Yes, occasionally you're going to need a little selfish time, a little me time. That's that's common. That's okay. But don't make that your focus in the first thing you go to, because that should not be. You need to make sure that you're taking that responsibility seriously and watching out for your family. It all starts, you know, everything in the Christian walk and in the Christian life, always starts at home with your family anyway. If you're not treating them correctly and you're not doing right by them, then you're not really doing right by others. You may be pretending, but you're really not. And and I say that as much at myself as anything because I'm not perfect either. I really try. I want to be better and do better for my my wife and my family. but, But I know I fall short in that area too. So... That's, that's why I try to work at this. So that's why I think he spends so much time on that, because uh, the women don't have the responsibility. You know, they should just remember that they are to, um, while they are there to help us, and I certainly, I not for, I'm not ashamed to say that I, I will ask my wife's opinion, because I want her opinion, I want her input on things, it helps To uh, get a different perspective on things Um, but at the end of the day the the responsibility is on the husband he needs to make the right decisions he needs you know and, and not that you not that you can't say hey you know you know more about this than I do you know you tell me what we should do and we'll do that but by and large though you know according to this plan and this hierarchy the husband has the responsibility so he needs to realize that that responsibility involves loving and caring for his family, for his wife, and, and putting them, his wife and his children, his family, ahead of himself. So, because that's what Jesus did. Okay, let's continue on with verse 29 before I belabor the point. For no one ever hated his own body, but instead he nourishes and protects and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Christ does that for the church. We should do that for our wives and our family. Because we are members of his body, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined and be faithfully devoted to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery of two becoming one is great, but I am speaking with reference to the relationship of Christ and the church. So he's he's still comparing the two, so we have to see that that is, you know, It's kind of, and and he's revealing this mystery to us, that it is the same type of relationship. However, each man among you, without exception, is to love his wife as his very own self, with behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. And the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him and prefers him and treats him with loving concern, treasuring him honoring him and holding him dear now that's true for us if our wife you know loves us and prefers us and notices us that that's special to us that means something to us and uh, and for for the man we should do the same for our wives of course she should always be our first choice our first and everything a- ahead of everyone else so That is uh, the end of chapter 5. Now, chapter 5, again, it's just all about, you know, it's all about how we are, you know, being imitators of God and our heart and how we, you know, keep immorality out and um, how we walk as children of light and, and, you know, have moral courage and godly character. And then again, he goes into marriage and how we should be with our spouses and it's all very important very um, very wonderful instruction that we need and that is chapter five of Ephesians so we only have let's see let me double check I think we only have one more uh, chapter to go we do we have chapter six and then I will need to do um, kind of another summary I will try to be, it's it's going to be difficult. I don't think I can be brief because Paul teaches a lot of valuable things in Ephesians. Um, and some of it does harken back to some of the other letters we've already read. But some of it is more, um, some of it is further teaching, further along. Like maybe the Ephesians were ready for more, you know, more teaching than some, and less correction than some of the others. So, all right. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.